0: cat in the hat it's all cold anyway how's everyone doing this morning uh we are going to look at the book of matthew chapters 5 6 and 7 jesus's sermon on the mount it's not going to be on the screen this morning until we get to uh portion in chapter 6 verses 20 19 20, 21, around there that's going to be on the screen but the rest of it uh you're more than welcome to kind of follow along as we look at the greatest sermon of all times, Jesus is preaching here on the mountain. So there's this group of people, his disciples, and and there's all of a sudden all these people that are beginning to follow Jesus and looks. And Jesus says, wow, this is a great opporti- opportunity to teach some people about the kingdom of God. So they gather around. And he begins with something like this, blessed are you. And then he goes through this list of of what it means to be blessed, but he's, he's kind of changing everybody's idea of what they think it means to be blessed because he, he begins to say things like, Well, blessed are you when you're, when you're poor in spirit or when you hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are you when, when people say all manners of evil against you and, and, and all these things happen. And he says, Well, you could still be blessed. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are you when you're humble. So he's given all these things, and you're sitting there, and you're listening. This is completely different from anything you've ever heard. And this is how Jesus starts off his sermon. And then after there, he directly goes into a whole new way of looking things as saying it like this. You have heard it said by those of old, but now I say to you. And so there's all these traditions and all these ways that people are used to doing things. And Jesus is saying, listen, that was great, but now there's a whole new way of looking at things. Before he gets there, he he, he kind of interjects this little thing that listen, you guys, you are the salt of the earth, and listen. But if salt loses its flavor, then 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 what good is it? Then we just throw it on the ground and we trample it underneath our feet, or we put it in Michigan and they melt ice. Or, you know, he didn't <laughs> quite say that, but you are the salt. Then he says, listen, you are like this city. That's set on a hill. You're the light of the world. But anybody, you know, we don't take our lights and we don't put them in the corner of the room and then hide it. No, we make it where it shines up the whole house. So you're this light of the world. Then in chapter 6, uh, he, he continues with his teaching. And we're going to get there in a second. But in chapter 7, he kind of wraps it up. And he leaves people with this kind of thought of, listen, there's, there's a choice that you have to make now. There's, there's a whole new way of living inside the kingdom that I'm presenting to you. And being blessed is different from anything you've ever heard. There's all new types of ways of looking at this life. And Jesus is inviting us in. And he says, listen, there's these two guys. And one of them's, and both of them actually, they're building these houses. And one of them is building on the sand. And the other guy, he's building on the rock. And the waters, they are going to descend the, the rain is going to descend, the waters will rise, the wind will blow, and it's going to hit these houses. Now, the difference is what kind of foundation it's built on. One, the guy that's on the sand, listen, he, he's in for uh, a bad night. But the one that's built on the rock, oh, there's hope. And then Jesus just kind of walks off the mountain, the end of it. The end of the sermon, no no altar call, no, hey, everybody, raise your hand, say a prayer, and everybody gets it. No, no, Jesus just, well, that's it. You have a choice. And so in the middle of this, in the middle of this sermon, uh, right here in the middle, we've got three chapters of Jesus speaking to these people, talking about all different things, and in the middle, kind of the heart of it, he has his introduction, he has his, his ending, but in the middle of it is, is kind of the meat of the sermon. And he talks about a few different things. He talks about charitable deeds he talks about prayer he talks about fasting and he talks about storing up treasures in heaven and because this is kind of the meat of living inside the kingdom and so he starts off with listen when you do these charitable deeds uh don't don't go out like the hypocrites and and sound a trumpet and let everyone know what you're doing but as a matter of fact don't even let your right hand know what your left hand is doing when you do these things do, do them in secret do these deeds so that way your Father in heaven will see it and he will reward you. But don't, don't do it for, for man's reward because, listen, they will get their own reward. And then he goes on to say, well, listen, when you pray, again, don't do it like the hypocrites. They go out and they 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 pray these really loud prayers and they use the repetition of words because they think if they do these certain things God will hear them. But the re- reality of the situation, they're doing it again just so man can know what they're doing. And he says, "Well, when you pray, pray like this: Our Father in heaven, holy be your name, your kingdom come." And he he just gives them this this kind of prayer that that just it just kind of flows off of Jesus just. And when pray, pray like this. And then and what's kind of beautiful about it is in the middle of it, it also says, you know, give us this day our daily bread and, and forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation. And then, and then at the end of this prayer, there's almost this little interjection that Jesus gives to kind of make sure everyone kind of understands that there's something special about this prayer. He says, listen, when it comes to forgiveness... It's a two-way street. You know, you, we, we, we have to forgive each other if we want our Father to forgive us. matter of fact, let me just read you the exact words. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. He's saying, like, in the midst of this prayer, in the midst of what is prayer, this relationship with God, it's also very much connected with our relationship with humanity. You can't go out and, and, and hate your brother, and, and harbor all this unforgiveness in your heart, and think that well, me and God are just cool. No, God's saying, listen, there's ser- there's something very much about this relationship that's connected to this relationship. And so some of us wonder, well, well why is it why is it that I feel like God's just not talking, or uh, I, I feel like I try to pray, and uh, but on the other hand, we have all of this hate and all this anger towards. Our brothers and our sisters, or someone that has wronged us or done something that could even what we consider could be justifiable. But yet God says, Listen, as you forgive, so I'll forgive. This this forgiveness, this relationship, it's all connected. And so he 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 continues on with it. And then also when you when you fast, again, don't do it like these people. Uh, because because the, the, the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, some of these guys, they would go out and, and they would just kind of make it just, oh, I'm fasting today. And they would just kind of make themselves look all bad. And so everyone knew that, oh, wow, he's, you know, wow, we, you know, this, this guy's he's he's doing it. He's trying to get closer to God and all these things. And, and they would just kind of put on a big show that everyone would know. And, and Jesus is saying, listen, when you do that, don't be like those people. As a matter of fact. Wash your face. Don't let anybody even know that you're fasting, that you're, you're, you're trying to, to, to get some things correct in your life, and you're trying to really spend some time. Don't, don't, don't let them know. Don't be like this group of people. So there's this kind of correlation between, well, there's some stuff that it's just between us and God and, and our relationship with him. And he kind of concludes in chapter 6 with this idea of treasures in heaven. And it says this in verse 19. Now, don't store up treasures here on earth where moss eat them and rust destroy them. For where thieves break in and steal, store up treasures in heaven where moss and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. There the desires of your heart will be also. Um. So you're listening to this. You're hearing Jesus' sermon. You're you're hearing all these things about prayer and fasting, a new way of doing things. And he begins to talk about treasures. And he's he's talking about the kingdom of God, how the kingdom of God plays out practically in everyday life, within your prayers, within your work, within your good deeds. Now, there's a few things that are kind of interesting about his sermon is some of the words he uses. When he begins to talk about good deeds, prayer, fasting, and storing up, there, there's this idea, and when you pray, and when you fast, and when you're doing good deeds. And then there's just this kind of assumption of as you store up treasures in heaven, there, there's two different kind of bank accounts here. There's, there's your worldly account, but then there's this heaven account. And so there's this kind of natural assumption that Jesus is saying, when it comes to living in the kingdom of God, this is part of your walk. You will pray for when you pray and when you do good deeds. So there's something about when you begin to follow Jesus and you begin to have this relationship with him, you begin to see the world in a completely different way than you've seen it before. All of a sudden, it's not just, it's not just the poor. It's broken and hurting humanity. It's not just this kind of bum on the street that's kind of, getting on your nerves or someone that's out there and, and and man, but there's something inside you that just, uh, there's something I want to kind of help this person or, uh, or or there's just something that, wow, they are not experiencing and I want to help. I don't know how, but I got to do some kind of good for them. And then the same thing with, with our prayers is, I, there's this relationship with God. And, and let's be honest, it's sometimes it's really hard because it'd be so much easier if we could just see him just right, right here, face to face talking to Jesus. But sometimes it's this God, it, this is on faith. There's this, there's a certain aspect and a dimension and there'll, there'll come a time and in each one of your lives where, where each one of us will question, is this whole thing even, even real? Have I just made up this whole God concept? Now, I know you can't say amen at this point, but I assure you, there will come a point in all of our lives where we'll be faced with those tough situations and those tough thoughts of, God, it's getting hard here. And there's this life that we live. And and, and there's fasting. and, and, And there's the reality to fasting that it's not just about giving up a meal or it's not just about abstaining for certain things. It's what it produces, and there's this desire in our hearts that, God, I want to get closer to you. And so the reason why I do these things is because something about this, I want it to be even closer. I want to know you better. And if I'm going to know you more, I know that this has got to change. There's this relationship going on and there's some things in me that need to change. And so as I kind of give up a meal and and as I fast and I do these things, I'm doing it not just to kind of show everyone how good of a spiritual leader I am or I'm doing these things. I'm doing this because ultimately, God, I want you to draw close. I want you so close. I want to know that, well, just like Jesus says at the end of this sermon, that my house is built on the rock for whenever the waters descend and they rise and the wind blows. I have a, a sure foundation in Jesus Christ. And again, he, he kind of concludes the, this middle section with the idea of, listen, there is this treasure that we could have in heaven. Don't store up for yourselves treasures here on earth. Listen, there, there could be moss and, and, and they could eat it all away and there, there could be rust that will destroy it. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Um, I want to read you what Jesus would have been saying if he was saying this in the Greek. Uh, and the translation that we read is, is very, it's an accurate translation, but there, it's kind of missing this little something where it says, wherever your treasure is, their desires of your heart will be also. If you were listening to Jesus speak this in the Greek language, he would say this, where indeed there is the treasure of you, there will also be the heart of you. Where indeed there is the treasure of you, there will also be the hearts of you. Hold on to that for a second. Because here's the thing. When we begin to start to talk about storing up treasures in heaven and, and all these things, we're, we're, we're instantly faced with the harsh reality of our day-to-day life and how we spend our time and how we spend our money and what our priorities are. And this is the point where if you're familiar with any type of kind of church background where the preacher would begin to kind of start to talk to you about how you've got to give more money or you've got to do these different things and all of these kind of good deeds because uh, after all, you know, you're a Christian and this is the outcome of being a good Christian is, well, you, you have to build these ramps and you have to give turkeys away and whatever it is, there's always this kind of thing that, that you have to do more. You have to do more. You have to do all these things. And then we, be, we begin to kind of start to feel bad about ourselves. Now, it, it's kind of a two-way street. Because on one hand, there is some correction that might need to be take, take place. There might be some people in here that, well, we do have some things out of balance. Where the fact of the matter is, if we were really honest with ourselves, our, our heart has found itself in the treasures of this world. And we find a certain security in having a lot of money in the bank account or uh, having men sing our praises, or being just like these guys in the Bible, or we do certain kind of Christian acts in order to get notice and to get fame, and, and God's saying, that's wrong. But what he's also saying is he's saying, listen, this isn't just this kind of uh, thing to make you feel guilty. This isn't to make you put more money in the offering. This isn't to make you leave this place and feel like, man, I'm such a bad person. What Jesus is doing here is he's giving you everyday examples of what it's like to live inside the kingdom of to look at the world in a whole new way and saying, listen, I've come that you would have life and life more abundantly. And when you begin to see and experience this life, it's not that you have to do these things. It's that you want to do these things. It's that you get to do these things. It's that you see broken, hurting humanity, and something in you says, what can I do? And it's not because I want this person's praise, and it's not because that, and it's not because the amount of the check I could write. It's because, God, you're good. And so if you're there and you're hearing this, the last thing I want you to do is to walk away from this place feeling guilty. Like, I don't do enough. I don't give enough. I, don't, I didn't do these things. I didn't show up for this thing because that's not Jesus' intent. Now, there also is a balance that's happening, because Jesus is very much showing us, well, listen, for some of us, some things are out of whack. And we've stored up a lot of treasures, and these treasures, well, moths can eat them, and 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 it could get rusted away, and it'll be here and gone. Someone could steal it, a thief could come in. In the Greek, it literally means, a, and, and a thief could come in and dig it out. No matter how well you think You've got your treasures in this world. It could be gone in a moment. in The twinkling of an eye. And, and no matter, and I love that how he uses the illustration of, well, there's this moth and then there's this rust. Because, well, there's this moth for their clothing. And, and, you know, it's something very soft. It's something very delicate. And, well, it could be gone in a second. But then it's also the reality of, like, well, there's steel and there's hard. And, and there's so much security in these things. And Jesus says, no matter how well secured you think those are, they can rust away, too. So whether it's the hard, the steel, the rust, or the or, or something as simple as, well, a moth could take care of it, like all of that stuff is fading fast, the things of this world. So therefore, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Um, I'd like to share a dream that I have. Um, I do this very cautiously because I don't want you to, uh, as a matter of fact, you know, church is almost five years old. I've never shared a dream before because you could get way off when it starts talking about that kind of stuff. People have gone way over the moon when they, oh, I had this dream, and then God said, and then, and then they're into some wacky stuff. And so uh, I want to share this with you because um, I think it's going to help help some people here. But also I want you to keep that in mind. Like this isn't scripture. This is just a dream and it's important to me if anything it was really something that god had spoken to me that i just want to share with you and um it's really special because 99.9 percent of the times when i dream whenever i wake up it's gone i don't remember a single thing that you know i laid my head down to sleep and then i wake up in the morning i don't remember anything about it but i remember this one and so i want to tell you this dream but i also want to preface it with, I'm going to go back and forth between this dream and also a TV show that I saw. Um, and that's how my, my, my mind works. So, again, this isn't scripture. This would be the television show Blue, Bo- blue Bloods, which is an awesome cop show about people getting shot. And, and I love it. And so you won't find this in the scriptures. And so keep that in mind. We're going back and forth between dream and blue bloods. And uh, it's kind of like the book of Revelations. John's going back and forth. Okay, so... Um, So I'm having this dream and I'm in this stadium. The stadium's huge. And it's just, uh, you know, big, huge football stadium. And there's probably 100,000 people in the stadium. And I'm just looking out. I'm just kind of overwhelmed at the amount of people. Just just kind of, wow, there's this certain joy there. And I begin to look and I'm just kind of one of the people in the stadium, just kind of standing there. And I begin to look out and I begin to realize that, these are all people that I've told in some way or the other about Jesus. Whether you guys were all there, but it wasn't just you guys. It was also when I told Jonathan about Jesus, he went and told somebody about Jesus, and so they were at the stadium too. And then the people that they went and told about Jesus and and helped them, even like in the smallest way and stuff that we would never even know, they were there too. And so they begin to kind of tell me these stories of, Lucas, I know you don't know me, but I know Jonathan, and Jonathan did this because you did this, and now. And so it's all of a sudden I realize, oh, this is kind of like a picture of heaven. I'm in, I'm in heaven, and, and heaven looks like the Dallas Cowboy Stadium. It's awesome. <laughs> and, and so I'm there, and I'm, I'm just, it's, it's just in awe of all of these people. Okay, and so now I'm over here in TV show land. Um, I'm watching this TV show. And we'll get back to that. It's going to make sense. I'm watching this TV show, and the one younger brother cop is having this conversation. And in this conversation, uh, the girl finds out that he is a graduate of Harvard Law School. And to which she says, well, why are you a cop? You know, you graduated Harvard? You know, And, and he says, man, I'm going to love the day when people don't laugh right after they say that. And so he's standing there and he's, he's like, yeah. And so she asks him, well, why, why the big switch? Why a Harvard grad? Why would you become a police officer? And he says this, this is his story. Well, we're getting ready to graduate and I'm sitting in this room with my buddies and we're all begin to talk about what we're going to do with our degree. And my friends are saying, well, listen, I got pick, picked up by this firm, and I got picked up by this firm. And he says, man, I'm going to be making this type of salary, and I, this, I'm starting off at $150,000 a year. This one's saying, listen, I got all the bonuses. I got everything. I got a company car. And all of these are just talking about all these things. And he says, he's sitting there, and he realizes in that moment, I don't want any of this. And he says, I think back about my dad and my grandpa and my brothers. And see, they were all police officers. And, said, and I remember thinking back, and we would always sit at the dinner table, and dad and grandpa would begin to tell stories. And when they would tell all these stories and all of their adventures of what happened on the streets that day and and how they were helping people and and how they were all these things that had gone on. And he said, it, it wouldn't matter who we were talking to if we had had someone very important come in or or everyone would always ask dad, you know, just tell us one more story. Just tell us one more story. And he said, then I realized that's, you know, not once in all of the years did I ever hear my dad say, man, I, if I could just make more money. Or, or I love my job because I make X amount of dollars. Or, uh, or I work for this company, or I get this car, or I get this house. and It's like that was never the discussion at the table. And, and honestly, nobody wants to hear that story. Nobody wants to hear that story. And so, so you want to know why I became a cop? I did it for the stories. And so now, fast forward back to my dream i mean in this dream, there's all these people, and I'm hearing everyone's story of just how uh, I've, I've, I've helped them in kind of one way or the other, and just a 100,000 people, and it's just it's overwhelming. But it's kind of beautiful because it's not this kind of pride-type feeling. It's more of a just like, God, you're good. It's nothing, I'm just a person in the crowd, and, and each person in the crowd has their own story, and my story relates to someone else's story, and I'm telling them, of you don't know how you changed my life. And I'm saying thank you to them. And so there's not this kind of arrogance about it. There's not this pride of look at the numbers. But then all of a sudden, there's this moment in the dream where, have you ever seen where it's kind of like the, the movies where the screen goes, and then all of a sudden, you're in a whole different scene. So it goes, black and white fuzzies. And then, hey, adjust the ear antenna. Wrap right more, more tinfoil around that thing. Oh, there we go. It's back. But what's happened? Now, all of a sudden, the stadium just has about seven or eight people in it. And I'm just kind of, wow, there's this huge stadium and there's all of these empty seats. And, and there, was, there was this feeling that came over me. Like it wasn't, it I didn't feel, I don't want to use sad because sad's not the right word. But there was a feeling of, man, I wish there was more people here. And, and they began to tell me, you know, their story. And, and I was grateful. I was grateful that I got to help these four or five people. And so it wasn't this feeling of guilt, It wasn't a feeling of shame, but it was a feeling of, man, I really wanted this stadium to be filled. And so I wake up, and I remember this scripture. Where there is the treasure of you, there will be the heart of you. And I said, God, I want my stadium to be filled. Because, God, if I, if I have to be 100% honest with you, I get so easily caught up with trying to, to, to fill everything in this world of what they say I've got to, to do and be and accomplish. And, and, and there's that part of me that's just like the Pharisee that, that wants the attention. And then there's part of me that's, that's just like all those guys that you're saying, don't be like that. And I'm saying, God, I, I want my heavenly bank account to be filled to the max. I want it to be overflowing. I want my stadium full. I don't want to end my life and be a rich person here uh, and only to get to heaven and find that, man, I'm kind of broke. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But here's the thing. I mean, that's all good. I think we could all kind of agree with that Uh, as people of faith. We could look at these scriptures. We could look at these teachings of Jesus and say, that's what I want for my life. I, I too, want my heavenly bank account full. I want to, I do want to help people. I do want these things, but, but there's also kind of a, I I, I don't know how that plays out practically. How how does that, and and Jesus gives us a few hints, and, but if I was there and I was listening to this sermon, this is the part where I would kind of raise my hand and interrupt and say, "Wait, wait a second, God. I don't get it because just one chapter ago, just at the beginning of your sermon, you said that we're salt of the earth. And you said that we're the light of the earth. And if we don't take this light and we make it shine so everyone could see it, but now you're telling me to do all this stuff in secret. Like, which one do you want? Am I, And so have any of you ever struggled with that? Have you ever done some good for somebody but you don't know if you should tell anyone else about it because I don't want them to think that it's like a prideful thing or, or you have to check your heart. Or, are, are my motives right in this? Am I just doing this for these different reasons? So I don't know whether, see, even just today when we threw those pictures on the screen, like, like we're helping people with these ramps or these dinners. Like, God, should we, are, are we being a light or are we supposed to keep this in secret? And the fact is, this church does a lot of things that are kept secret, that nobody knows. You would have no clue what's going on in the background, because I think that there's times and there's places where things just need to be, this is just between them and God. And it doesn't matter if Coastal Vineyard Church gets the credit or not. It doesn't matter at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I think of that quote that says, it's an amazing what people can accomplish when we don't care who gets the credit. And so that's like, that's my prayer with the church, God. I don't care if we get credit at all. I, 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 who cares about Coastal Vineyard Church? I care about the kingdom of God. And so everybody is welcome. There's a, a world full of hurting humanity, and we need all of our churches. We need all of our pastors. We need all of our, our, our mechanics and our builders and our electricians. We need all of these people because it's a world that needs Jesus. But we're left with this decision now. God, it, it, you're telling me that if I tell these things, though, like, then those guys already have their reward. I, I want to make sure that my heavenly bank account's full. So how do I know the difference? How do I know that I'm not just, like, saying these things to to boost me up? And the key comes when Jesus says this. So don't worry about these things saying, What what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. You want to know how to to do good and, and make sure it's not this kind of prideful thing? Seek God first. Do everything you do as unto the Lord. Because when you do it as unto the Lord, it changes everything. It doesn't matter if people recognize you or not. It doesn't matter if you get overlooked. It doesn't matter because you're doing it as unto the Lord. And so whenever, like, the tithes and offerings come around, and there's that moment for some of us where we're like, "Uh, I feel so guilty because I'm not. No, as unto the Lord. You're not giving to a church. You're giving to God. You're not building a ramp. For just some person in the community, you're building this ramp as unto the Lord. You're not fixing that car. You're not giving that turkey away just because we're going to try and help people with turkeys and it's the Christian thing to do. No, we're doing it as unto the Lord. Because what you've done unto the least of these. As unto the Lord. It'll change everything about your life. Seek first the kingdom of God. The next thing, if you want to experience this kingdom life that Jesus is talking about here, that he's, he's inaugurating into all these people saying, Listen, if you want to live this kind of life where I'm telling you, you could be blessed even when you mourn. You could be blessed when your bank account's on zero. You could be blessed when you just got fired from your job. You could be blessed when everything goes wrong, when your kids are acting crazy. You could be blessed in all of these ways. You could be, there's a whole new way of living, and you want to know what it looks like? Seek first the kingdom of God. Do everything you do as unto the Lord. The next thing you know what we've got to do? We've got to cultivate a thankful spirit. We have got to learn how to be thankful in all things. Say, God, it didn't go the way I I wanted it to go, but, Lord, I bless you anyway. I thank you anyway. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of all of these things that are falling down around me, I give you thanks anyway. See, we could fall into this deception that says this. Um, Actually, let, let me do it by giving you this example. Um, where it relates to our kids. Uh, I am, I would still kind of say, a new father. We have a a three-year-old girl and a seven-month-old baby girl. And I love these kids. I love them more than anything. And I would give anything for my children. I would work 14 jobs. I would do whatever it takes for my kids. And so someone came in here and threat, I would jump in front of the bullet for my kids. And so what could happen though, and many of you feel the exact same way for different things, for, for maybe your children or your family or your spouse or, you know, put it in your own context. We could take that and we could take that on the inside and make that where, well, that's good enough. And so that's what makes me a good parent That's what makes me a good uh, employee, a good boss, a good husband, a good wife, because I would do these things. But what we won't do is spend the afternoon at the kids' soccer game. Or we won't get interested in what they're interested in. Or we won't spend 20 bucks to go and, and have a dinner with them. As we've deceived ourselves because we think, well, I love them so much, I will do all these things, but I don't have time for them either. The same is true as our relationship with God. We can say, listen, I love Jesus. Jesus knows my heart. If someone came in here and a Muslim said, you know, you've got to co- convert to Islam or we're going to kill you, I wouldn't convert. But when it comes to these issues that Jesus is talking about, the idea of doing good deeds and praying and fasting, <laughs> What, fast a meal? No, 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 no. I'll take a bullet for you, but I ain't missing dinner. Let's just be honest. Come on, I, I, I'm, I'm there. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you, okay? It, and the temptation is dis- to deceive ourselves. And God's saying, listen, this, this isn't a message to make you feel bad. This is a message to invite you to open up your eyes to life in the kingdom. Because life in the kingdom works a lot different from the world. The world, everything has to go right for you to feel good. In the kingdom, it could go right or it could go wrong and you could still be happy. Everything could fall apart and you could still find yourself praising God. I don't know why. Because everything around me should say, you should be sad. We should be mourning. And God says, blessed. And you don't know this until you've experienced this. And this is an invitation, because where your treasure is, there your heart is. Where the treasure of you, there will be the heart of you. This has been a presentation of Coastal Vineyard Church, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information on who we are and how you can support future podcasts, visit us on the web at www.coastalvineyard.org. Come to the fountain